Hi everyone, this is Sophia, and today's episode is an extension of the two-part episode we previously posted on marriage. In those episodes, we were privileged to have been joined by two of the Caribbean's finest gentlemen as we discussed our beliefs in marriage, gender roles in marriage, the role of the church in marriage, and the outlook of marriage on the Black community. Today, we are joined by psychotherapist and expert marriage counselor, Dr. K who will guide us through the misconceptions associated with marriage and give us a roadmap to a successful marriage. If you are currently married, were married, thinking about getting married, want to be married, this is the right episode for you. So sit back and enjoy. Hey friends, welcome to the Relationship Paso Paso podcast, a bi-weekly podcast hosted by four smart and sassy Jamaican ladies currently living in the U.S. with almost two decades of friendship. Our aim is for you to see a piece of yourself in us and maybe learn a thing or two as we discuss our everyday lives. Thanks for spending time with us. Now let's jump into our dose of Paso Paso. What time is it? Paso Paso. Time. Paso Paso. Time. Every girl, every girl, every girl, every girl. I go me a pasta pasta. No, stop, girl, why do you drink until I get? Drink and rave till the morning light, my girl. Center, 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 center. Have a shot, man. You know who this is. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another one of our episodes. Oh my, I am super excited. We are super excited to be here with you guys once more. Relationship Pasa Pasa, guys, we are doing this. We are doing this and we're enjoying we doing Um, We're super excited that you've been tagging along with us on this journey. Uh, we hope that you guys have been having a lot of fun and learning a little thing, you know, here and there as we go along. Um, you've all been very supportive and we thank you for it and we just keep praying that you will continue to support us and continue to tag along with us on our journey of course before we start we are going to do a roll call for our podcast listeners we won't forget you so let's start with mish hey shar hi guys carrie hey guys and I will be your host for today, Sophia. So for those who are watching, you can see we have a guest with us. And man, I'm super excited um, <laughs> to introduce her. And you can see that she's excited too. <laughs> Hold on one bit. Let's just quickly um, recap a little. So today's episode is an extension of a two-part episode we previously posted on marriage. Now that we've had males and female perspective it's time to hear from the professional <laughs> the expert the expert today the we expert. are privileged to have with us a licensed marriage counselor who will tackle a few of the misconceptions that are associated with marriage she'll hopefully also give us a roadmap to a successful marriage dr karen harris McGiven, did I say your name right? You did. Thank you. <laughs> McGiven, 
I'm going to call you Dr. Cat. Is that okay? Yes, call me anything you want. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stick with Dr. Karen for today. But Dr. Karen here with us. Just to give you a few um, info about Dr. Karen. Dr. Karen is a Jamaican wife. Yeah, she's Jamaican, guys. Yes, she is. Mother, a psychotherapist, and a life coach. She is an associate professor of clinical counseling at the Weinbender. Did I say that right? You did. Weinbender Theological Seminary and the CEO and founder of Live Free Coaching and a counseling service in Ohio. She was actually the guidance counselor for St. Andrew High School no, for no, girls. No, no, no. You can <laughs> your girls shout it out. <laughs> it's one word. I have to say it with your mouth push up. Right. <laughs> and she also taught at the Micro University College and was the writer behind the Jamaican Gleaner Youth Link Magazine, Dear Counselor column. Welcome, Dr. Karen. Did I miss anything? Because you know you're you're well established. Did I miss anything? Listen, if you want to add something, we are all here. You can <laughs> definitely jump in. <laughs> That's yeah. Enough. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so we do have Dr. Karen with us today, and she's going to offer some insights. Um, so we do want to thank you so much for your willingness to be a part of our RPP show for today. The ladies and I are very privileged to have you with us. We are very happy to have you and cannot wait to hear of all the gems you're about to drop today. <laughs> right, I'm a little excited because I can't wait to hear what she has to say. You know, when the guys were here, we learned a lot. So I really want to hear what the professional has to say. Yes. All right, so let's jump right in it. Are we ready, ladies? Yeah. Ready. Yes. Okay. So having listened to our last episode and hearing the different opinions that were shared, we wanted to kick it off with a baseline question: What is marriage? Doctor Karen, if you have to answer that question, what is marriage? Okay, are, are any of you all going to jump in or do you want me to just take over? <laughs> They're going to jump in. Well, we, we want to over. We'll jump in. We'll try. <laughs> okay, yeah. so when, I, when I looked at what you wanted to talk about today, I decided, you know what, I'm not even going to read any textbooks. I'm not going to bring any other thoughts or other professional views. I'm just going to tell you what I've learned and I've seen in my own words. And right. marriage to me is a decision that two people make to commit their lives together. I think that's a very forever. I think that's a simple way of defining marriage. It's a commitment to live the rest of their lives together. And it's generally done publicly so that people know and can keep them accountable about that commitment yeah i love how you said generally <laughs> it's generally done publicly yes because uh -huh. we know those people who are very private about it you're married <laughs> when you say married what do you really mean <laughs> um, okay. yeah. oh wow yeah. 
funny enough, I didn't hear you mention anything about love. Okay. Perception of the role love plays in marriage. Okay. Well, you know what? Love is good. Love is nice. And usually. <laughs> wow. I feel like you're leaving us to let it down easy, okay? Right? <laughs> but usually that's what, as you would imagine. I mean, people now when to make a decision about, I want to live the rest of my life with you forever. Unless there's something, there's something that draws those two people together to make them come to that decision. And I think love has a lot to do with it. And that's a wonderful thing. It's just that nowadays love is, we're not sure how people define it you know there's the in love and then there's a love you bought and you know you're not sure so what i would say is love should be a part of marriage but i have learned that whole in love thing that has nothing to do with marriage because the in love thing is very fleeting um if any of you can think back to your youth and <laughs> how it felt when you saw the cute guy and your heart beat fast mm -hmm. and ting and sweat. Yesterday, yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yesterday, yes. That, that, that kind of love or feeling is powerful. It makes you feel like, wow, I don't want to stop feeling like this. But I think if in the context of marriage, I would say that's the one that's that's fleeting and risky. Um, if you can imagine living the rest of your life with one person, it is very unrealistic to imagine that you would continuously be having this oh, oh, feeling. So there's the other other law, which I believe is the one that is important in marriage if you can find it. And it's the kind of love, if you think about having a family member, um, you don't always like them, mm. agreed, <laughs> but you probably would do anything for them. You probably would give your life for them, meaning if somebody was going to kill them and you could try and help them, you would. That love is the one that if it's in marriage, that's very good because it will mm -hmm. make the journey not seem as long and tedious. Mm. However, marriage does not always have that type of love and that love is not something you just feel. I think it grows. I think you get to know people and it grows and you make a decision about that person and the sacrifices you're willing to make for them. Yeah. So those are the loves that I think I'd like to mention. That is, that is actually powerful, honestly speaking, because, you know, the misconception has always been there that you need to be in love the entire marriage, you know? And I don't know, ladies, anybody want to chime in on that? You know, you've always heard that once you're married, you got to be in love with this person every single day. Right. And I, I don't think that's realistic because sometimes I just, I don't even like you. <laughs> <laughs> that's accurate <laughs> that's real marriage <laughs> we do see the images of people who are like 
celebrating five years of marriage and I wake up every day loving you like I loved you when I first met you. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Is that real? Like, if that's what I'm aiming for, I don't think I will ever get it. And what's the purpose then? Because I don't think that I've ever, and even with people, even if it's like, as you said, with family members, I don't feel about them. And you, you've known them forever. You've known them for, for as long as you've been alive. Mm-hmm. And you don't feel like that every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get the sentiment behind, I love you. And, you know, I know that you are my soulmate. Okay. But I think that uh, the, the idea that people are putting forth where it's like, okay, well, I need to feel like this all the time and it's uh, it's like straight it's not even like a hill that you come down or to them it's a hill but it keeps getting better and keep getting better I'm like okay so we're not experiencing this so obviously this ain't working this is not marriage this is not what it's supposed to be so I'm out because obviously everybody else who's doing it they're experiencing this kind of love where every day they wake up and they're like oh you're beautiful (laughs) I think I love you could be and saying that like it's my fifth year anniversary and I'm still in love or I'm more in love. I think that could also be translated into I now know them and all their faults and now I'm more in love. It's not, but Misha, I think it's good for the couple to be speaking the same language. How about that? Because even if, so when you say love, one person could mean one other thing and another person could mean something else. And I think sometimes that miscommunication mm-hmm. is at the core of a lot of like um like the the weakening of a lot of foundations in relationships because when one person's committing to love someone in their mind they're like yeah this is about to be hard but i'm committing to love someone and then the next person is like i'm committing to feeling good every day of the rest of my life no no ma'am no sir right <laughs> yeah i agree yep that, that is true. Um, and I know, I know a lot of times, you know, people get into a relationship and they're like, you know, it doesn't work out, right? And they're like, man, if I was able to only know this about this person or that, that we will end up here, I would never have allowed myself to waste 10 years of my life or 15 years of my life. Mm-hmm. So with that understanding, Doctor, is there a way that you think we are able to figure out if two people can be on the same page, like early on in the relationship before it gets to the place where you're like, man, I just wasted 10 years of my life. Mm. Well, remind me to mention something about the wasting 10 years, because that's a myth. You can't waste the time that you spend in a relationship. It has value. So I keep telling people that. But other than that, I think one thing, well, we know what society does. It puts pressure on us, right? It makes Mm -hmm. us feel we have to do things and not everybody wants to do some of the things and some people are more susceptible to going along with the pressures than others. I think I said it to Misha when I was talking to her on the phone that I had decided before I got married, having witnessed my own parents' horrible marriage, that I didn't need to get married and I wanted to have a child. I didn't want the crosses of tying up somebody with my child's being the father so I decided I'm going to adopt because there are a lot of children out there who need parents now that was in my way I knew what I needed more and I came up with a plan for myself that would take the pressure that society puts on us off of me 
And that was a very important thing. I didn't even know what I was doing or thinking, but I realized how important it was because by the time I came up with that plan for, okay, I want to raise and, you know, guide a child into adulthood, I knew I could do it without the tying myself to someone else. So that was mm -hmm. that. I also could witness from my own parents' marriage that some marriages should not happen. And <laughs> that was that. And then I was free because by the time I decided that I wanted to get married, there was no pressure there. I didn't feel like I had to. It became a choice I made because what I tell people, you make a choice you're in this relationship with this person and when you look at your life you realize that it's harder for you to imagine living life without them than with them that's really the place i came to i just realized that the pe the person that i wanted to be with we were going in the same direction mm. same goals same values he also had a plan for adopting a child so that he wouldn't have to get anybody tied up. I didn't even know. But those were important things for me to find out early enough before I decided I'm willing to take the, the chance of committing to this man, even though I've witnessed firsthand what a bad marriage looks like. It's a, a risk, but I was willing because for me, living without him was not was harder than living with him, knowing that I still could be happy without a husband. Because you see, that's the thing. Yeah. There's some people who believe that the part of the thing that's missing in their life, you can <laughs> fill it for me, you can do it. And that's not true. Nobody can do that for you. Right. So even though I didn't, I mean, I had my own issues, you know, there's a reason I'm a counselor. People going to counseling, yeah, they have lots and lots of issues. <laughs> but the thing is, I did not think, I didn't, I don't think I really believed that the person I chose was the answer to my problems, which is the important way to think. I think I knew that this is just who I want to walk through these things with, which is yep. a different way of thinking. Yep. Anybody who goes into a marriage believing that that person is a perfect person to make them happy is going to be very disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, as Caribbean people, too, I think um, there is no like, what's the word I'm looking for? there's no like blueprint to what that should look like nobody's telling you well lies because in the beginning they tell you you need an education you need an education you need an education and you're like okay i'm gonna focus on this education right. and then you hit like 30 and it's like so what you know of the money yet? you know of the key you're like wait 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 a minute wait a minute <laughs> Did anybody walk us through how to go through these processes, right. how to love ourselves enough to be enough for ourselves and not feel like, okay, we have this degree, we have three degree, four degree, no man, no kids and be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Or have no degree, have man, have kids and be okay with that too. Whatever that looks like, are you okay with yourself? Because I don't think... I don't think as Caribbean people, we are, I mean, probably as black people also, I mean, I don't know what it is like to grow up in an American household, but I, I can imagine that 
as black people, we're just like, listen, we are already behind. We need to catch up. We need to focus on education. We need to do this to get out. And then you're doing all this, but then you're missing out on all these things. And we talked about that in the previous um, the episode um, about marriage, too, is that the timeline is now in place where you're like, okay, I have to do X, Y, and Z because all these things have to fall into place. Mm -hmm. Um, And we are not taught how to put ourselves first. So yes, you can have a timeline. Yes, you cannot have a timeline and just wing it, but are you okay with yourself? I love that you just, you mentioned something about the misconception of, you know, people needing other people to make them happy. Like you can't just be happy with yourself and the need to always, to have, to feel the need to have someone else, you know, to make us happy. And that's definitely from what we've discussed, we've realized that it's a misconception that if you can't be happy with yourself and by yourself, mm-hmm. then no one else is going to help you um, fill that gap. Right. For sure. Anything you want to add, Carrie, before we move on? No, I think um, Dr. K, she hit the nail on the head, right? You hit the nail on the head about making your own plan and being okay with it. Mm-hmm. Because I think, to Shara's point, we become so goal-oriented that it's like, okay, graduate high school, graduate college, find a husband, have a baby. Like, those mm-hmm. are the checklists, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's if your life doesn't follow that checklist, then it's like a ton of questions mm-hmm. what's going on with you what's wrong with you we mm-hmm. gotta fix you we gotta find you a man the constant <laughs> conversation and it's almost it's almost like sometimes people don't accept that you could be happy unbelievable like how, how could you possibly be happy you haven't checked mm-hmm. these other boxes mm-hmm. so i think that point resonates a lot with me um just watching how life unfolds and being in a Caribbean household and having those questions and having to push back on those kind of standards. Yes. Yes. There's just so many like milestones and things to accomplish when truth be told, if we focus on like sharpening our character and becoming like whole persons, then a lot of whatever is supposed to come our way, whether it's marriage or not, kids or not, work or not, like whatever comes our way, we can find a way to make a fulfilling life versus trying to achieve these things, right? Because you never ever win if you're just trying to achieve things because first you get a job and then they're like, oh, so you have the same position for five years, no promotion. Or you get married and you're like, where's the kid? Or you have a kid and there's like, where's the the next kid? And then your kid graduate high school yet? They're going to college. Yeah. If you're like surrounded about or obsessed or focused mm-hmm. on accomplishing things rather than like sharpening who you are, and then you'll find fulfillment in like all the things in life. Right. right. Yeah. And it's true. I wanted that's a Caribbean thing because I feel like for as a you know, growing up. In the Jamaican household, you you've never you can never truly um, satisfy mm-hmm. your 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 family member because you're right. It's finished school. Right. Okay, great. Now marriage. Okay, great. Now babies. Okay, great. <laughs> another baby. Okay, great. Another baby. My geez, my house. <laughs> yeah. Get to know me. Yeah. You, you don't get that opportunity. So that is true, and I'm glad um, you point that out. Mm-hmm. Um. So with the whole culture 
of um, the outlook of marriage. Um, how do you think marriage has changed um, over the years? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I, I like I'm becoming a history buff in that even though in high school I hated it and I, I yawned in this class, the teacher <laughs> saw me and she said, are you going to take us all in? <laughs> so I hated history. So the most boring thing in the world. But as I've gotten old, I think I'm more interested now to understand where I came from, my roots and all the things that influenced me. And if I look historically at marriage, I found historically people treated marriage as what it actually was intended to be, a commitment. They didn't always make the right decisions about who to be with. But you will see in different cultures where maybe it was an arranged marriage, maybe there were conditions for why this person should marry this person. There wasn't all that in love stuff at the Mm -hmm. beginning as we have now, but people tended to stick with it, even though there were dysfunctions in those marriages just as much as there are now. The commitment definitely, I think, has waned. People have been much less likely to remain committed to the relationship, probably because divorces are a lot easier now. And I think also women in particular have become more outspoken, have found themselves more, especially going into the workplace, becoming not just a housewife anymore, but becoming persons who have their own dreams and goals and aspirations. And so they feel like they don't have to put up with what they used to put up with in the past. So there's this balance. There was more commitment then because that's what society dictated that there should be. It was frowned upon to not fully commit. But because the commitment was there, there was a lot more dysfunction, I think, in the relationships where women would stay with men who had all these mistresses and whatnot, and it was just normal, and the women just knew their place, and they kept their place. Mm -hmm. And so it's to find that balance between women now who feel like they have a right to speak up as they should, And they're not going to allow people to just take advantage of them, mistreat them, and so on. And if this person that you've committed to is not committed to you, then you have options, and that's the reality. And that brings us back to, for marriages, I think, to work now, people just need to be better prepared for what does this really mean. Right. Because... Both of you are going in to this marriage. The man may still have that mentality. We know, I don't know about y'all's islands, but I know about Jamaican men, and I know what Jamaican men (laughs) sometimes, not my husband, but sometimes they think that it is quite reasonable to have two or more people in your life. It's a cultural thing. It's just, it is. I'm sure many of us have an auntie or uncle that's not in the arm. Right. <laughs> it's, just, it's almost expected. And that's the worst part. It's like mm-hmm. they see it happening in their parents' life. They do it. They, you know, so that's why we women 
have to be the ones who kind of are more thinking it through because if you know that you're going into an, a, a situation where that is a possibility because of the cultural influences, then you have to do whatever you can to kind of make your let the, an understanding be established that this is not something that you would be willing to tolerate, but do it ahead of time so that you don't find yourself in a position that is almost too late and you don't know what to do. But I mean, it's really just, I think, being more informed for the two people to fully understand what they're getting into, this, mm -hmm. to, to realize that there are repercussions to not being fully informed when you go into this. And then having done all that, to decide is this what I still want to do without feeling like I have to do anything because pressure, family, society, everybody expects and knowing that it's okay if you don't make that choice. quick question before soap jumps in how do you propose and i guess maybe when do you propose that this becomes a conversation between the two people and like for example you're like okay you we maybe want to we're in this relationship on the path to getting married at what point do you say okay we need to take steps to make sure that we want the same things in this marriage and how do they go about doing that? Like, obviously, if I if we're in a relationship and we're in a lovey-dovey stage, the first two months, you're not saying, okay, let me go buy a marriage book and the two of us go, I don't know, people get married after six months. Listen, I don't know how long these things last. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing out a number here. Um, yeah, obviously not buying a book after two months and saying, let's talk about this marriage thing. Let's make sure. But should we be doing that after two months? Is it, are we wasting our time by saying, okay, let's wait for a year to figure out if we really know each other and then let's talk about marriage to only realize at that point that your idea of marriage is completely different from my idea of marriage. As you said, re regardless, you're not wasting your time with that year, but you don't, if the go end goal is something, you don't technically want to waste your time doing that. Um, so it kind of is a twofold question. How how do you do it and at what point is it appropriate to do it? Okay, so it depends on the couple. Um, I kind of indicated to my husband that I was planning to marry him. So I'm, <laughs> let's just say I'm non-traditional, okay? And this, the, you know why? I was 25. I did not have time to waste. I, I mean, the, to the same point about the wasting, Right. I knew I wasn't just looking no man. I never needed to have a man just to feel mm -hmm. secure. Mm -hmm. So at mm -hmm. that stage of my life, if I was going to be in a serious relationship, it was with a view to being married mm -hmm. or not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just decided me and my bright self, and I'm shy normally. <laughs> I just decided to tell him, I don't know about you, but I'm planning to marry you. <laughs> I, that's how I say it and it's the truth you know what it you know what I thought of when you were talking Misha 
people sometimes are afraid to let you you know the person that they care about know how vulnerable they are correct they They don't Mm -hmm. want to find out that the feeling is not mutual correct so the communication breaks down. So you will talk about everything else. The weather was so good today. Like that party last night. But you're not going to talk about where are we going? Do you, right. How do you want this to, to end? Right. And it's, it's, I would say, the onus is on the person who, to them, the commitment is more important to speak up. If you know that this is somebody who you believe would be who you would want to be with. I know it sounds scary. Yeah, I was going to say. Isn't it better to kind of find a way to find it out earlier than later? Yeah. Yeah. My heart is palpitating as you're (laughs) (laughs) So I don't even know. You know what? I think by the time I said what I said to my husband, we had had all kind of jokey conversation. If you were my... Husband, I would this. If you were my wife, I would this. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think, you know, the advantage we had to, like I said, I had issues, he had issues, both of us had issues. But we were, we had an established friendship before we even knew we were boyfriend, girlfriend. It wasn't a long time friendship, but it was a proper friendship. So we were comfortable with the friendship part of the relationship. Mm-hmm. So we could just speak freely about yeah. most things and so by the time it it was romantic that continued into the romantic part and the position i held when i spoke up like that was essentially you know if he wasn't if he was playing around with this get married thing, i'm off yeah. <laughs> you know because at yeah. that point remember i had already come to a place where i don't really need to get married because i can have a good life without a husband and why did i come to that place because i watched my two parents hate each other for all the years i was alive living with them and i decided i ain't doing it (laughs) and so you know i don't even know if i would have naturally been that person because i was a romantic type but i saw what what it can look like when it right. shouldn't happen. And so that's why I was up front with my husband early. And thankfully, he felt the same way. And but as I said, you kind of need to be able to have the courage to do that. But you know what would make you have the courage to, to speak up? The amount of value you placed on yourself and your the quality of your life. You would mm-hmm. kind of have to... It would have to mean more to you to have a good quality life than to have him. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Can you say that again? <laughs> okay. I mean, it just came out of nowhere. But let me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you hear that <laughs> So, so for the listeners, just know this. I mean, even though I am not saying I was a healthy whole person, I was not. Okay. So that's not what you wait on to be at that place. I simply knew that it was not worth living a tortured life with someone that you're stuck with and your children are witnessing all the torture. 
it was better that I lived alone, figure out how I was going to do this. And the quality of my life, the quality of the life I looked forward to having became more valuable to me than the person that I saw in front of me, who I felt so much for. I mean, it was real love. It was heartbeat and all them things, you know. But the truth is, I knew that that part, because I had had the same heartbeat and thing for at least eight to ten other guys. <laughs> <laughs> So it's, you know, it wasn't you, <laughs> but what I think was different is he was my genuine friend. He was somebody that I really wanted to, to be around all the time, totally right. apart from the heartbeat beating. And, and there was just this, this, there was the goal. I really think that the, the same values, same goals, big picture. It's very important because I didn't feel like I had to compromise who I was. I felt like I could just be who I was, do what I had hoped to do, and that it wouldn't, it wouldn't take me on a different path from the one he was on. And that's what made me make a decision about, I'm going to speak up, let him know what my intentions are, and if, if he's not on board, I'm off. I'm off board. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, Dr. Dr. Karen, I must say, you said something very important um, because even though you were able to speak up, you you were comfortable enough to do that because you said, you guys, your friendship was tight, right? right? right. It's a friendship there before the romance, right? right? So you you were you. It's almost like you knew the person who you're saying it to. It wasn't like you were guessing. Yeah. Oh my, I'm going to say this, and it might look probably like my mud smuddy. Right. right. You have you had a basic understanding as to who he was. So okay. I guess one takeaway was a, a friendship is important before you right. venture off into romance. I, I'm glad you said that. Thank you for that. Um. So with that, so now now I'm going to ask you to give us some advice. So what would be the best practices? Now I want you to think of the best ones you can give. Some best practice that you can give that will help to sustain a marriage. Now I'm listening because I'm the married one and the girl. So I'm <laughs> really <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well, I'm just going to throw this in for the non-married and the want to be married people. Um, that is kind of what tying in with Misha was asking me a question, and I believe in premarital, pre marital counseling. I believe in counseling before you've made a decision Snap. because yes. people who've made a decision and have a date set and they mm -hmm. come to you and say, okay, we're getting married in June the 20th and today's like April. So we have two months to figure out how this is going to work. You tell me, are they really going to hear what I'm saying to them? No. no. Sure. When I tell them, listen, you guys, your goals aren't the same. Your values aren't the same. How, where do you find common ground? Ma'am, they, they, they don't pay down on the flowers. Right. You already page, everything already do. Right. Ma'am, it's do all you? over Facebook. What you right. say? <laughs> you know, there was a couple that wanted to do premarital counseling with me. And because they had already essentially put their plans in place, and we're not willing to negotiate that, I said, I'm sorry, I can't. 
Yeah. Because I knew we're going to waste time doing this. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, you want to pay me to do it, but I'm not doing it. Because I genuinely believe that you need to be as, as prepared as you can be yeah. for such a huge decision. My premarital counseling was worthless. My really? Yeah, my husband and the pastor talked about cricket. I was <laughs> sitting waiting on them to finish. Yes. I don't even know what happened. Well, I don't even know what went on there. So I can tell you it's trial and error. <laughs> so, so when you look at my thing, I say, nearly 30 years, I said, who that? Me? Oh my goodness, it's shocking. <laughs> it's trial and error. And Thank goodness for the little counseling because meaning that I learned because I had to apply it. Remember what I told you? Mm -hmm. I made a decision. When I made the decision that I am willing to get married, I decided I'm doing it for life or not right. at all. Right. So that's why for me, I was willing to do the work and same with my husband who, oh, this is, and so you know, Sophie, so when things get rough, right? <laughs> so if you take notes. <laughs> so first of all, in a real, true, authentic marriage, things get rough. If things never get rough, there's something inauthentic about that relationship. Why? Because this is two human beings who are individuals. Who are supposed to be becoming one they say how does that yeah. happen without discomfort yeah is it that you two are so angelic and wonderful and just oh yes of course <laughs> no it just doesn't and i can tell you there are some people that on the surface look great but on the inside they hate I've known too many people as soon as the children grow up and leave home, mm -hmm. it's over. The show is over. No more yeah. need to impress anybody. So yeah. that is why I say the real true relationship that has a chance is the one that have the rough times because the rough times is going to show you, that's what it's mm -hmm. for, what mm -hmm. the issues really are. Mm -hmm. What are you grappling with here? And it will also show you how committed you, each of you are to each other. And the amount of times my husband and I have said, well, I'm not going anywhere, so you better leave. <laughs> and said, I'm not going anywhere, so you better leave. <laughs> and it's just this competition to see who's going to get who to leave first. <laughs> But we decided, each of us, that I guess we're stuck with each other. Nobody <laughs> was willing to leave. And that's it. That's the mm -hmm. absolute only thing that in those moments kept us together. Right. And I think it's because both of us had a realistic view of what it would look like if either of us left and we weren't willing to go to that place. And I can tell you, it is the deciding that the leaving is too much possible pain 
So let me see if I can hold on a little. <laughs> and then when you hold on a little and you realize you're stuck with each other, <laughs> then you actually do the work. You're not going to do the work if you don't. Right. And the work is really work. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. hard. It's hard. It's hard work. Mm -hmm. okay. So let me tell you some of the hard things. If forgiveness is not something you live and breathe, you're not going to stay together. Oh, <laughs> because you have to keep forgiving. Oh, for the same mm -hmm. things, though. Over and over. Over. Yeah. <laughs> same thing. Yes. Not for the same thing. Yeah, I know. Same I used to think thing. in the early days that it wasn't really reasonable to have to forgive the same thing <laughs> more than twice. Yeah, this is 27 yeah. years later, okay? <laughs> um, but you know what? Let me tell you something. We tend not to see ourselves objectively. So mm -hmm. we can't see the things we need forgiving for, you know. We not. see the things they need forgiving. Mm -hmm. And then their own are bigger. I mean, yeah, we need a little forgiveness, but it's not much. <laughs> There's the a lot <laughs> so i'm just saying yep. i mean none of us can make the other person do anything right. mm -hmm. all you can do is what you know you can and after you've done all you can just hopefully it will make a difference but for you if you want it to work forgiveness needs to be part of your living and breathing and hear me when i say I mean, you can tell I have a mouth on me, right? It's sanctified, but I have one. <laughs> and nobody was more feisty and more bright than me, okay? Yeah. But you kind of have to decide, I am going to humble myself. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I want to give this my best shot i want to make sure if there the, an end comes it's not because i didn't humbly give it my best shot so forgiveness is not my nature i have simply benefited from learning that it's necessary and i have found that when i am willing to do the right thing it makes the other person more likely to do it not with attitude and head but just remember what i said the quality of my life that's really what's more important to me and if i can't put myself in a place where i'm going to be willing to humbly forgive be respectful whatnot then maybe i don't need my life to be that quality but when it's too much when is it too much okay so misha <laughs> listen we can't do this alone all of us need a support system you have to have and that 
is is just to reinforce the point of people who go into marriage thinking, oh, he will make me happy. He will make my life better. That's absolutely not true. You're going to have your hardest days and moments because of him. You know why? Because the more you open your heart to love, the more you can hate. I'm telling you, you can't separate him. The more, the more vulnerable you become with someone, the more easily they can hurt you. So the things my husband can do to hurt me now, coming like nothing compared to in the past. In the past, and I was hard and cold and have all of the comebacks ready and ready for you. <laughs> he could say anything, do anything, don't matter, I can deal with it. You see, now, if he, if he said, um, you know, I never like, oh, oh, I can't bring water for you now, I'm busy. It's like, <gasps> <laughs> what? Don't you care about me? <laughs> because I have, no, I'm telling you, because you come to a place where you've kind of given your whole heart. So the little things can hurt you a little. But then there comes the communication thing. Because if you don't let that person know, because I can remember the phase my husband and I went through where we figured out that we were both becoming more vulnerable. So he had to learn to let me know that something I said, which I would have said way worse six months ago, affected him now because I wouldn't know. And I had mm -hmm. to be willing to do the same because when you really care about somebody, that kind of love, the one I said for your family members and thing, you don't want to deliberately hurt them. And so mm -hmm. that communication along the way, you have to understand both of you are growing and you're changing in different ways. And if you don't keep each other abreast of what's happening, then they're going to continue doing everything the same way and think you're going to feel the same way. And if you don't say you feel the same, different, how would they know? Oprah, no, one thing I have an issue with Oprah a little bit, please, I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. Um, so you I, might be okay. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the type who likes, people to kind of almost worship you. That's the only thing. And I feel like yeah. that has kind of happened a little bit with Oprah, but she has yes. made excellent points. And she said something that I definitely live by. We teach people how to treat us. Yes. And that is a yeah. fact. And so we sometimes want to be upset with and blame and quarrel with people for being unkind to us. They had no clue that they were being unkind. They're just being them. Mm -hmm. And if we don't say that hurt in this way, I can't explain why, but it did. How will they even know? Do you know how many marriages mash up for that alone? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you see what communication means? I know it's a cliche-ish thing when you're going into a relationship and how important communication is, but believe you me, remember what I said about the friendship? That made it easier for my husband and I to be free and open in our communication because we kind of felt secure in the friendship. And he would tell people that there were times we hated each other, like numerous, innumerable times. However... We always missed each other 
when we weren't talking because we hated each other, because we were friends. So, yeah, you don't talk to me. Don't say nothing to me. <laughs> then something happened at work and you think, sure. I just tell him no, but I'm not talking to him. Do you know how many times that's what caused us to be willing to talk it through? Because who are going to him understand? And you're not a <laughs> Do you see the key thing there? And it don't mean that if you didn't have that solid friendship in the beginning, you can't establish it right, in right. the later on. But you really do have to look beyond the all the romantic thing and your body good and all them things and how you make feel. And you kind of have to find out who is this person? What is important to them? Get to know each other. And do you know that this COVID time is a perfect time to actually work on those parts of the relationship because you mm -hmm. you know you can't really do as many things as you you could before mm -hmm. right. mm -hmm. and so you really, that commonality of the friendship is what will make the difficult hate times and i'm not joking when i say hate you know me dear if you feel, <laughs> if you feel hate for your spouse join the club <laughs> So don't let it fester, though. That's what I would say. Yeah. <laughs> right. You have to be aware of what is in your heart. Because remember what I said about the forgive. Mm -hmm. So feel the real hate because you don't love anybody like you love him. And look at what he said to you. How him could have said that? But you know that if you don't let it go, what mm -hmm. will it turn into? Something bitter and something very ugly. And that is you. I mean, he might not even notice the difference, but you are the one feeling the <laughs> cast, cast, cast. <laughs> You need to let it go. And he's not off the hook, you know. Meaning, if it was something wrong, you forgive him, but he's not off the hook. You just don't have to carry that pain in your heart anymore. But use the communication to address the issue without all of that bitterness right mm -hmm. did i say okay. yes i don't know i think i want to slip one in because i feel like <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, to wrap us up. Yeah, I, I have a, a, I'm a talker you know i'm a talker. i have a question as like before before <laughs> uh, i have a question dr k yes so have you ever had to advise either i'm married or dating or engage uh -huh. yes yeah? i'm like i don't want the time to run out <laughs> Have you ever had to advise a couple that this that they probably should reconsider? I don't think you would tell them to break up, but I just mean like, would you ever tell them tell them to really consider what they're getting into, or or maybe they're already married and they're having issues? Have you had to tell them, Step you know, away. You guys, it's a re yeah. Well, you know what, I have a I have a um my position on divorces. That's always the absolute last resort and I will never advise somebody to divorce someone the reason is because it causes a lot of pain that you didn't anticipate what mm -hmm. I advise people to do is to separate so the thing is people will jump straight to divorce mm -hmm. but separation could possibly address the issue in fact, a lot of times 
it can. People jump to divorce because that's culturally the norm now, but the divorce part of it is, it's just unpleasant. Traumatic. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. And do you know, no, if you look at the science, it's like a death. People, mm. people grieve a relationship. Right yeah, and they don't even realize that's what's happening. So they don't understand why they have so much pain because they saw pain in the marriage. They thought that if I divorce, the pain would go away. But it's so final. It's like you are, it's a death of a relationship that you now have to try and process. What went mm -hmm. wrong? What did I do wrong? Is there anything else I could have done? And it feels, it hurts. It causes pain separation now i was very fortunate and blessed in jamaica that my husband and i ended up living in a house that was fairly sizable and i've told people many times thanks <laughs> god it's like god chose this big old house for us to live in because baby we could separate in the one house <laughs> you know many times that happened <laughs> i i don't need to see you right now okay <laughs> i'm not joking no what was happening you see in the hard hard times when the person is in your face and i'm here telling you about forgiveness you think you can just forgive somebody who is just in your face and every time you see them and listen to them snore in the bed you remember the thing that them did say and how it made you feel I would never survive it. Never. And I can tell you, we were as far as the East is from the West on many occasions. And I personally believe that's what saved us. Mm -hmm. And so separation, what it does, it gives each individual a chance to recalibrate, figure mm -hmm. out what's happening with you, what, mm -hmm. where's your heart, how are you feeling about it? What do you need to do for yourself to be better? And when you get that kind of objectivity, it's easier if there is anything that needs to happen for the relationship to become, to reconcile, to happen. It's not easy when mm -hmm. you're in your face dealing with all the stresses of the children and the, and the bills. How are you possibly going to navigate all the crosses in the relationship in all of that stress yeah. you need mm -hmm. to step away now mm -hmm. if you step away and one or the other decides i it's not worth it for me then what can you do you've done all you can right but if both of you still want to see if there is any hope then get help in that time you're apart that is the time to get some kind of external support that will help both of you to process what went wrong, what can be done about it, all the things, and then figure out without all the stress of your life together, can this work? Is it worth doing this? So that is what I would say. I would rather, one, people were better prepared for marriage, and two, if you make the commitment, if you must separate, separate. And of course, you know, in an abusive situation, you absolutely do not stay with that person. You can't. But remember what I said, even when it's an abusive situation, people who abuse people, they're hurting. And if it's, it's easy to, to just be angry at them and want to punish them. But if they're willing to get the help for what is causing them to behave that way, I would say 
if you can be patient, be patient because the process of the divorce, yeah. there's so much more pain that can come with that. Yeah. I'm glad you said that, Dr. K, because culturally, I don't think um, we understand the difference between separation and divorce, honestly. Mm -hmm. I feel like once the marriage is not working, immediately I'm out, let's get a divorce. Mm -hmm. And there is a middle ground, that separation where right. you can really step back from yeah. each other. Yeah. Because, you know, let's be honest, you usually it's not the one person who is wrong. Nobody's right. perfect. Right? Right. Everybody has issues. And for, for a marriage, when there's issue in the marriage, two people played a role. Right. And both, both parties have their own issue that they play. But it's always that one person looking at the other saying, nope, it's you. Because right. your role is bigger than my role. Right. So because your role is bigger than it's all you. So... I'm glad you. I'm glad you pointed that out. That yeah. separation is always a good place to start because right. sometimes, you know, in that state, you can work it out. Sometimes, right. you know, yeah. it's always happen, but sometimes, but sometimes it is possible. Where yeah, it, you can work it out. Okay. Any any um, carry anything you want to add, Mish? No. Yes. <laughs> is this our time to wrap up and say our takeaways? Yeah, but I wanted to see if you guys wanted to, you know, add anything towards what Dr. K just said before we add your takeaways. No, I think that was important. I mean, I wouldn't have thought that. So I've taken a mental note. Dr. K, I did have two more questions for you, but you kind of touched on them um, in the answer you just shared so we're gonna um bypass them but man i'm telling you you just blew my mind i i i'm not i have like a whole i'm ready for this no it was awesome yeah i'm ready i feel like i'm ready but um i must say you you mentioned something about you know the covid thing can really help and you know this may be a little bit of my personal other than I'm sharing but I have to say that I have learned more about my husband during COVID than <laughs> the eight years that we've been married you know he, last week I make him a smoothie and I was like do you want the smoothie and he was like do you really know me what do you think and I'm like honestly I feel like I just started knowing who you are and he looks at me like I'm not, I'm too, I'm going out for one week. And he's like, what? You know, but you're right. It's time to get to know each other. The communication, I, I'm glad that you pointed that out. Yeah. Lady, this was great. Um, any highlights that you ladies want to add before we wrap up? Takeaways, anything you'd like oh, to share? So much. Carrie. <laughs> Carrie. Um, I, I think this, this was really insightful. Thank you so much for the gems. <laughs> that I am going to, you know, bring forward and put on my pendant and carry with me is this idea that you value your life, right? And the life you see for yourself more than this potential relationship with this person. I think right. that's, I, I don't, it's, it's the right time. I'm, I'm in a space for that right now. So I feel like that's really what, um, what stood out for me out of, there were so many gems in this episode, um, but that I'm going to bring with me at the forefront. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Very nice. Char? This has all been so, so valuable. I'm just like, 
I couldn't pay you for the time and the specificity with which you like actually like really dug yeah. down into our um, questions. And I, I really like that you came from a place of realness. So it feels like, okay, these are things that I can implement and like utilize in my life. And I love my piece that I love is the fact that, and I'm taking it as an, as, as an example, that you were confident enough to make your plan for your life. It's like, we, we probably all have the thoughts for whatever we want for our lives, not that our plan's exactly yours, but we, we whiffle waffle with it because no, make a plan for your life, what will make you happy and like go after it and whatever will come, Mm -hmm. Welcome. Welcome. Mm -hmm. Welcome. Mm -hmm. Welcome. 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 So insightful. There's so many things that I was not prepared for during marriage, even after marriage, even the divorce mm -hmm. process. Um, you can't prepare for that. Nobody in my family, no, nobody that I know of in my family is went through the divorce process. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't see a lot of, I want to say healthy marriages. So to me, they could stay just like you. They could stay and do that. I'll get divorced. But there are so many other things that I didn't learn during the process um, that I am now learning as I'm getting to learn myself. Um, so I think one of the, uh, there's so many, anyway, one of the biggest things that I wanted to take away from this is the communication aspect of it. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that people will treat you how you allow them to treat you or how you teach them how to treat you. Yes. Um, so communicating and making yourself vulnerable enough to say the things that are bothering you or say the things that make you happy one extreme or the other. I mean, in between anywhere in between on the range communication, um, is important and knowing your options and knowing that just because society says that that's how it should be, doesn't mean that that's how it should be for you <laughs> and being okay with that. Cause mm -hmm. people are going to be like. Where you mean you don't want a husband? Where you mean? Where you mean? That's not normal. But if that's normal for you, then that's that's just normal, and you have to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. So um, those were the things that I'll take away most. There's, as I said, there's so much, and we are grateful. I I believe that regardless of which stage you are in with regard to being in a relationship, that there's so much that you can take away from it. Prospect somebody who's single. And somebody who's been in it for 20 years that maybe at this point right. needs to do some kind of counseling, even if it's just a prevention me method, just mm -hmm. like, right. you know, we need to have a conversation with someone else who can look into it so that we're not 35 years into it and have despising each other. So, yeah. so much we could take away from it, but, and we appreciate you. So if your turn. Dr. K, listen, as the only married person in the group, girl, <laughs> I'm telling you, I am great. Full, okay. Because I feel bad for hating my husband. I'm like, is this normal? Yes. I'm like, I'm bad. Am I a bad person? I don't like you right now. You know. 
like we said to each other the other day that it was good that we bought an upstairs and downstairs house because right now I need I need a menu. space. <laughs> you know? So yeah, uh, but I'm very happy that you said that because that that just made me go, who? Right. I'm not a bad person. It's okay to not like it sometimes, you know. But I thank you. I thank you for the the insights that you offered. And you know, Sharva just said it. Know what makes you happy. You know, if you know what makes you happy, then it's easy for you to help someone understand that. Right. If you don't know yourself, how do you expect somebody else to know you? If you don't know what makes you happy, how do you expect somebody else to make you happy? Right. Right. Yeah. All of those questions, it all it all stem back to knowing you, knowing what makes you happy, knowing what you need out of life and being willing to to say it, being comfortable to say this is what I need. This is what's going to make me happy. You're either on board or hey, jump ship, man. Those women. <laughs> but you know what? It would, I would do my husband an injustice if I didn't tell you that because he has the same commitment as I do in this marriage and has been willing to work as well as I have because mm-hmm. the quality of his life, that's one of the shared values we had, were mm-hmm. just as important to him as me. So we actually like each other more, love each other more than in the beginning. And it's because we decided to keep, because we knew we could not live this fake life, this Instagram life. And we can't do it. Neither of us could do it. That's just our personality. So we had to make a decision, whatever we need to do to have a better quality life, we are going to do it. I didn't make him, he didn't make me. We just both wanted that. And you know, I really kind of like him. So I went downstairs <laughs> right before this to say, you know, I'm about to do this interview. Um, and he was telling me about his back. I said, hold on. So don't you think, you know, no encouragement, no nothing. <laughs> I, said, I said, you know what, you see later when I see you, I don't want to see this Frankie. Can I see the other one? The one I like the one I like a lot. <laughs> and he gets the message. He knows what I mean. And I say, "See, you can't be that Frankie. Just send my dinner up because I don't want to see him." But you see, that's the friendship thing. Yeah, right. Open we, communication. Right. We both know that some days we're not great. Some days right. we're better. You give each right. other leeway. You keep out of each other way when you know the sweet Frankie not showing up today at all. So, okay, I don't need to be there. But Absolutely. don't hold it against each other because I have my struggle days too. And so I just, I want to say this because I want whoever is listening to know the time and effort you put into persevering and working on that relationship, does it's not wasted. It, mm-hmm. it can't be. If both of you decide that this is what you want and you make the sacrifices and you listen, it pays off. And I have witnessed that firsthand. I had no examples of it to look at, but I had made a decision at the beginning. Either I'm marrying for life or I'm not marrying at all. And that is what kept mm-hmm. me because that's what mm-hmm. made me try to see, could there be anything better than this? And the answer was 
Yes. So I do want to say that for persons who feel like this is a rough season, they don't know if they can get through it. Is it even worth the effort? I personally think it is. Dr. K, you are amazing. And for our listeners out there, listen, I hope you guys really take notes. I hope you guys were paying attention. Forgiveness. If you don't know how to forgive, don't get married. Right? <laughs> humble. You gotta be humble. You have to learn. As my husband would say, not every hill is Mount Calvary. You don't have to win all the battles. Right. Some of them walk away <laughs> and we teach people how to treat us so however you want to be treated you gotta let the individual know they're not mind readers they can't yeah. figure it out so yeah. we, we thank you so much dr kate thank you for joining us today hey. girl you laid it out These gems <laughs> thank you you guys you're <laughs> so fabulous i'm going to tie my head next time <laughs> Wear my hoops. Wear your hoops. <laughs> These are that. So I see the two head ties over here and I see the two high buns over here. <laughs> so I'm going to do one or the other or both. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the inspiration. <laughs> Thank we you so much. We would definitely love to have you back. Honestly, you were great. You were a breath of fresh air. We thank you so much for taking some time off your busy schedule, for being with us. We really do hope that the next time we come calling, you'll be more than willing um, to be a part of our show. For sure. Um, late for those who are listening, we thank you for listening and watching today. But until next time. Everyone, please stay safe. Bye. Bye, guys. Friends, that's all for today's episode of Relationship Pasa Pasa. Thanks so much for joining us today. You could have been anywhere in the virtual world, but you were here with us. We hope you join us again in two weeks for our next dose. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast on wherever you find and listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. So you never miss an episode. Also, tell a friend to tell a friend. You can also connect with us on Instagram at Relationship Pasa Pasa, all one word, if you are on the social media situations. We can't wait to hear from you. Like, seriously. We can't wait to hear what you think about our episode and also connect with us about topics you'd like to hear us discuss. Thank you again for listening. Until next time, walk good.